Hello and welcome to the Cougar Sports Show and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, coming to you from the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Each week, we interview USF coaches to get the latest inside scoop on all things Cougar sports. Today, I'm here with USF's director of track and field and cross-country coach, Doug Peterson. Doug, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Abby, for inviting me. Yeah, of course. So Doug's been our track and field coach and cross-country coach for nine years, six of them as the head coach. He was a Hall of Fame coach for Adrian High School and a graduate of Luther College. Doug, let's kind of start out with how did you end up at USF? Uh, I ended up at USF. Our daughter actually uh, transferred to USF. She was at another institution, decided that uh, their school didn't have her major. And so she came to USF because of the major, and uh, I was retired, well, I use that term very loosely, I was retired at the time and came and started watching practices, connecting with the coaches, connecting with the team, I liked the culture, I liked the atmosphere, I just liked the whole atmosphere at the University of Sioux Falls and things, and so uh, they had an opening for a part-time assistant distance coach, jumped at the opportunity, and uh, here I am nine, year, nine years later. So did you coach your daughter while she was here, or was this after she had left? Um, no, I was, uh, she was, I would say, somewhat coached her. I wasn't the head coach at that time. I was just a, uh, an assistant coach, um, helped out somewhat with things, and uh, yeah, so I was involved with that to a certain extent. Gotcha. So I know you touched on like just the atmosphere here, but what would you say your favorite part of the USF community is? You know, I what I really bought into was USF is a private Christian university, and that was something that I always fought myself with um, teaching at the high school level. I, I have strong background, and uh, just I liked the Christian atmosphere at USF, not just on the team, but just the whole culture of the university, um, all the professors in all of the different areas, uh, just the commitment, the positivity, the encouragement that's there from everyone here at USF. Yeah, and I think that's really evident in your team, the way that they cheer for each other at all the meets. And exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, going off of that, what would you say your favorite part of, part of coaching has been here? Um, building those relationships, um, the relationships with the athletes, uh, with the professors here in the university, I know there's a, a significant number that I can reach out to, and they're strong supporters of the program, the administration, um, strong supporters and things, and that's that's making it real positive for me, which I hate to say this, but did not necessarily get that in my high school coaching career. Let's talk a little bit about that. Where, where did you coach high school, and how long were you there? I was uh, at Adrian, Minnesota for 35 years, um, coached women's track and or girls track and field I guess during that whole time picked up the boys program a few years into it and uh, then also picked up the men or boys and girls cross country program starting oh golly uh, the mid 80s and ended up coaching uh, the cross country team for I want to say about 24 25 years with that what would you say has like made you want to stay here for the last nine years um, the past director, when he left, he had, had tried to talk me into, like, hey, take this director's position. It's perfect for you. I was like, no, I don't want to be the director of the program. I just want to be involved with distance runners and things. Um, the athletic director even talked to me at that time and couldn't convince me. <laughs> and finally uh, had a heart-to-heart -heart with the past director, and he said, you know, Doug, he said, here's the thing. He says, you don't have to take this position. You can keep doing your thing with the cross-country team, and, and you're very strong at it. But he says, I know that if you were to take the director's position, I know that you'd keep the main thing the main thing. 
that really hit home for me. And it was like, after that, it's like, okay, I want to do this simply because of that. Yeah, and what's that main thing that you were The main really thing working? is just keeping Christ the center of our focus. And um, with that, you know, just a, a, a positive atmosphere, um, faith-based, and uh, ultimately give the athletes an opportunity that somewhere down the line they have a chance to uh, share their faith with somebody. That's a huge win for this program, and it's a huge win for for me and and also for the people that they talk to. And how do you kind of instill that within your team? Are you guys praying before meets, praying before you travel? What what are some examples? You know, all of our all of our coaches are at a different place in their faith walk. Um, speaking from the distance side of things, uh, our distance group we pray before practice every day. Um, we do a, a weekly D, uh, team devotion slash. Uh, meeting with our uh, track or cross-country team, and we'll pray before competitions. When we get the opportunity, we'll pray after competitions and things, and just um, use that as our uh, building block for what we want to accomplish. And on the track side of things, would you say it's still very strong faith-based or with the distance, or does it kind of just vary by event? It it varies by event group, Um, but what's, what's unique for me is to see how the coaching staff um, the different coaches, how they've grown in their faith through this whole process and things. And so that's that's fun for me to see and very encouraging. How many coaches do you have on your staff? We have four full-time coaches, including myself. Um, I take care of the distances in the cross country. I, uh, Eric Chilson is our sprints and hurdles coach. He also does the relays. Alyssa Rausch is our throws coach. Camber Lammer is our um, jumps coach. And uh, we've got a vow a a, a part-time coach that does the pole vault, part-time coach that helps me on the distance side of things. And then we also have a um, volunteer assistant who is a former runner in the Northern Sun that's now in the police force here at USF, and he comes and helps us a couple days a week. Who is in charge of recruiting or who's reaching out to all these athletes? We have a, a recruiting database, um, and that's kind of a evolved through the years and trying to keep up with the, the trends of the athletes and the recruits and things, but uh, basically the event group coaches recruit their own athletes and things, and they'll include me um, if if need be with things. It's you know it's one thing if uh, you make a phone call and like, hey I'm the assistant coach like okay yeah big deal, you know? <laughs> but yeah. uh, when I make a contact you know hey I'm Doug Peterson I'm the director of track and field and cross country it seems to get their attention a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know what you mean. So you guys just finished up your 2023 indoor season. What comes to mind when you think of it? Happy, surprised, disappointed, et cetera. Like, what were your feelings looking back on it? You know, um, preseason, our men were ranked number nine and our women ranked number six. Is this in the conference? In the conference, yes. And so that's always kind of a motivating factor. It's like, okay, um, we felt that things were light. They didn't, we didn't get necessarily the respect that we thought we would. And things. So uh, going into the conference meet, our goal is like, hey, can we improve on what our conference rankings at the beginning of the season were? And so uh, women performed very well, ended up placing fourth. Um, I believe, if history treats me right, um, it's our second highest finish that we've ever had in the uh, indoor season. I think the first year we were in the Northern Sun Conference, our team finished third. Um, so that's that was a great accomplishment with that. Um, our men finished ninth as they predicted us to uh, finish, yet we were six points out of fifth place. So 
if we could have just had a, a break here, a break there, we could have uh, finished as high as fifth place. So we came away from that uh, very encouraged with how things broke down for us. So what were some of the team and individual goals that you set with some of your athletes um, at the start of the season, and did they accomplish those? I think for the most part we did. You know, we always we keep track of top 10 performances in all of the events. We keep track of provisional qualifying marks for nationals. Um, we keep track of school records and things. And uh, when it was all said and done, we had, um, uh, I, I believe, like 11 or 12 school records. Uh, maybe not that Yeah, many. it was a crazy it year. Was, it, it was. And so, like, that was very encouraging. I mean, when you look at the history of USF track and field, and to break a school record, that's quite an accomplishment. And we did that in a number of events. So that was very exciting. A top 10 performances, once again, I think we're like 50-some top 10 performances. And wow. that's that's pretty amazing when you stop and think, you know, we've got top 10 going all the way back to when track and field was started at USF. So those kind of accomplishments are uh, very exceptional uh, with things. We also keep track of um, season best performances for our athletes and things. And I believe our total number is like just under 400, like 389 season best performances. So uh, they responded very well to the competition and to, to compete at the Northern Sun level. I mean, um, arguably the Northern Sun Conference in track and field, indoor and outdoor is um, one of the toughest conferences, if not the toughest conference in the nation. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think a lot of those records that were set, school records, were freshmen, sophomore, like mm -hmm. underclassmen, like you have a very strong team going forward in the following we years. We do. We've, we've, um, we've got a, a significant number of seniors on the team that really provide the leadership and the motivation that we have, um, but just through the whole recruiting process and the the way we want to mold the team, uh, it's a work in progress. And uh, we're picking up the the key parts um, with recruits and with a young young squad. And you had mentioned provisional mark. For people who don't understand, what is that? Because I saw a lot that were set this season, but not all of them got to go to nationals. Mm -hmm. So what dictates that? So uh, the NCAA comes up with um, some marks. I believe it's based on the average sixth or eighth place effort from the past five years or something like that. They've got a formula that they, that they use. And um, if they hit a provisional mark, they get recognized for that. But ultimately, they take a limited number to the nationals. So like we had 23 or 24 provisional marks, and we ended up getting one athlete that qualified for national nationals in two events. So it's uh, it's very difficult because um, at the national level, they, they take, I want to say it's 270, roughly 275 athletes total. So some events, they'll take as many as 18 or maybe even 20 athletes. Some events, uh, as few as 16. But generally, I think their their key that they shoot for is 16 athletes in each event. So it's uh, very competitive, and uh, athletes are very familiar, and coaches too. There's a, a website that they use for all those recordings, and it's a TIFERS, we call it, track and field race reporting system. And so they're constantly looking at that to see how they're ranked and things. But what's encouraging was all of our athletes that had provisional qualifying marks 
were in like the top 50 and things. So it's, it's quite an accomplishment for a school the size of the University of Sioux Falls to have those kinds of efforts. Yeah, definitely. Who were some of those standout runners and what events were they in last season? Okay, we had, um, oh goodness, Tyler Hyatt um, in the throwing events, Emily Swanson, um, she had a fantastic year. She um, provisional marks in the pentathlon, the high jump, and the 60-meter hurdles. Jacob Hanna uh, hit a provisional qualifying mark in the mile. Our women's distance medley relay hit a provisional qualifying mark. Cassidy O'Meara in the 800, caught Juwak in the mile and the 3K, Jessica Lutmer in the 3K, and Natalie Myers in the long jump. I wow. Provisional qualifier. So that was a great way to highlight the season with those athletes. I'm sure. Is that the most provisional marks you think you've hit? That's a really good question. Um, I'd say typically we're close to that. You know, it kind of depends. A lot of it is the athletes that we've had in the past, you know, through graduation and, and things and people stepping up and things. But it's, it's a very significant number that we had this year um, with a lot of athletes. What do you think the jump was from last outdoor season to this indoor season that made it so successful? I think just the motivation of the athletes and um, life getting back to normal after COVID, <laughs> <laughs> I think, is a lot of it, uh, which was, was very helpful. And it's one of those things where success breeds more success and things. And so our athletes were, were pretty highly motivated in all of our different event groups. And what areas are the USF track and field team consistently strong in? Okay. And that's one thing that we're, we're working very diligently to try to change. It used to be, um, when I first came to USF, um, pole vault and distance running uh, were the two events and things. And it's like, okay, you can be successful at the national level with that, but it really doesn't I wanted to shift the focus more to the conference level. So we really focus on a balanced team. And we're getting to that point now where we're getting athletes that are placing in the sprints and the hurdles and the jumps and the throws and the uh, distances and things. So that's really our ultimate goal. You know, we have 17 events that we can test in the uh, indoor conference meet. Ultimately, the goal is, is can we place in all 17 of those events. And so it's a work in progress and we're slowly getting there. I think our women did an excellent job this year uh, placing in uh, more events and that, you know, that shows with our place finishing with fourth place. And so you said one person made it to nationals, Mm -hmm. Emily Swanson, in the pentathlon and the high jump? Yes. How did she do when she was there? She ended up, uh, she was 13th in the high jump. Um, She had... (laughs) Her opening height, she missed on her first attempt. If she would have made that, she would have been an All-American. And so that was like, oh, that was really like, oh, golly. But but she ended up um, having a career best jump. So that was kind of like, okay, that's not such a bad deal. But she knows that she's one of the best high jumpers in the nation. In the pentathlon, she finished 12th. And so she earned second team All-American honors. So that was pretty exciting with that. And goal, I mean, she was hoping to get higher, but as I stressed to Emily and Coach Chilson, her event group coach, it's like, you know, remember last year, the goal was to score 3,600 points. And when she did that, it was like, like, okay, this is a, this is a big deal. She scored 3,710 points to get 12th. 
and she was disappointed with that. It's like, um, like okay, you've set a new standard with that, and she realizes that, and she knows that uh, there's a lot more points out there that she can get because she did score, I, I believe, at the conference meet, um, thirty-seven seventy-one or something like that. Yeah, I mean, she she broke the school record twice this mm-hmm. season. Yes. She yes. broke her own record yep. just like a few weeks after she set a new one. Yep. So, and you know what's interesting about that is. She didn't know the old record holder, but Catlin Sautel was the past school record holder, and I watched her through high school. She she competed in our same subsection uh, that we ran over in Adrian and things, and she was like an, an outstanding athlete, uh, multiple state medal winner and things, and she comes to USF, her and her twin sister, and so I knew what kind of an athlete she was, and she was the real deal, and to have someone of Emily's quality to break that record uh, that really speaks very highly of Emily's abilities that she has. And it's really encouraging. And she knows um, she's redshirting this indoor or outdoor season to work on her weaknesses and things. And she's got uh, she's got an ultimate mission in mind on what she wants to accomplish before she leaves USF. So that's super encouraging and and. That kind of motivation, that kind of attitude that Emily has, just kind of it spreads through the whole track team and and things. So that's that's exciting to have a person like Emily on the team. What year is she? She is a junior. Um, due to COVID, she has an extra uh, indoor season, and so it's like okay, let's make it a whole year. So she needed to redshirt either this year or next year, and she chose to redshirt this outdoor season and stuff. So she'll come back with two more indoor seasons and two more outdoor seasons. Oh wow! Is indoor or outdoor season more important in the grand scheme of things? Oh, that's a really good question. I want to say that ultimately, our USF track and field team is more of an outdoor team. They can test a few more events, which is good for us. But yet. Indoor season is really important. Uh, I like I like the indoor season because it's seventy degrees. <laughs> there's no wind. There's no rain. We know what the weather is going to be. The only thing that we have to really deal with at indoor facilities sometimes the the air is real dry, and so the athletes deal with that. So that's encouraging. Where you go to outdoor, like right now, it's like, okay, we're supposed to have an outdoor meet this weekend. And one next, you know, every week we get going on. And it's like already two week, uh, two meets, probably not going to happen. So we're busy trying to find schools a little bit further south, out of the snow, out of the cold for our athletes to compete, you know, because we're chasing those qualifying marks again for the conference or for nationals. So, um, but we still have to deal with the cold and the wind and all of that. And you're kind of at the mercy of mother nature with that. So I jokingly say at our team meetings, the uh, first Devo that we do in the fall is like, I tell the athlete, oh, cross country, this is my favorite season of the year. <laughs> the cross country runners just kind of roll their eyes because they know what's coming. Cross country gets done and we have a, a Devo to kind of goals for the indoor season. Oh, Indoor track. This is my favorite season <laughs> of the year. And then, okay, then the, then it's it's kind of catching. And we get to the outdoor season now and Devo coming up. It's like, okay, outdoor season. This is my favorite season of the year and things. So it's like we chuckle about that. And for some, they prefer one or the other or one of the three, but they realize that they all go together. You know, in high school, it was just either either in cross country and track or if you're just in track you know in, in the football in the winter time you did another sport well here 
the athletes are committed and dedicated to track and field basically year-round. Yeah. So uh, athletes like Kat, she's running cross-country, she's running indoor, she's running outdoor. How do you keep her going for nine months? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we keep her going in her distance runs. We keep them going for 12 months. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, we do a systematic approach. Um, my goal for, for those runners, the distance runners, like, hey, we're going to get better every year. And we're going to do that by slowly increasing the volume and the intensity. Um, we take, you know, yes, it's a year-round commitment. Even for our track athletes, it is. But yet, we, f- we factor in periodic breaks to just recharge and rejuvenate with things. So even though it is year-round, you know, we, we do take care of our athletes with things. It's no matter, you know, we don't run them into the ground, I guess would be the correct term for that. <laughs> I know what you mean. So going from indoor to outdoor, obviously you touched on the weather. I know that there are some locations like Mankato, I think has a smaller track. What are, what are the differences between indoor and outdoor? So like for outdoor, everything is standardized. It's a 400 meter track. Um, indoors, nationals, are contested either on a 300-meter flat track or a 200-meter banked track. So if you compete on um, a different-sized track, you get track conversions with things. So like our conference meet um, contests on a 200-meter flat track. Um, So if you run a time on a 200-meter flat track, it actually makes it a faster time on a 200 bank or a 300 flat track. Or if you do that on a 300 track or a 200 bank track, it gets deconverted and slows it down for conference. So for those that aren't super knowledgeable, it's kind of difficult to understand, but they there's they factored in all of those things um, with it. But for the most part, we'll compete on either a 300 meter track or a 200 meter flat track. And is there a wide range? Like are times changing based upon the tracks or with these equations that they're factoring in are times consistent with what they I think the times are pretty consistent. I know for us, um, when we do our school records, it's just straight up. If you run it on a 200 meter flat, it is what it is. If it's on a 300 meter flat, it is, it is what it is. We prefer on the distance side of things to race on a 300 meter flat track. Um, and so we, we, we take a hit at conference because it slows our times down. What's the biggest challenge heading outside in the spring other than the weather? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the biggest challenge is filtering in these new events and prepping the athletes. For example, indoors, it's a 60-meter dash, 60-meter hurdles. Um, you go outside, it's a 100-meter dash, 100-meter or 110-meter hurdles, and then you add in 400-meter hurdles. So you're heading into outdoor season now. We just touched on all that. What is the biggest thing that you're looking to improve upon from your indoor season? I would say, once again, we'll be chasing uh, top 10s. We'll be chasing provisional qualifyings. We'll be chasing school records um, to see if we can match those numbers. And then also uh, preseason polls came out. Our women are uh, ranked uh, fourth in the conference and our men are ranked number nine. So once again, it's like, okay, can we improve on those? 
and uh, I feel that we we certainly can. So we're looking forward to that. It should be a, a very interesting and exciting spring for us. Yeah. What are your expectations for the team? Are you expecting the women to place above four, fourth? Are you expecting the men to jump in the standings? What are you thinking? We just want consistency. Um, and you know, if it gets to the point where um, on the men's side where the the standings are real close again, which they generally are. It's like, okay, let's beat a few of those teams. You know, every school in the conference, they have their strength areas. We realize that and we we try to build our team around, around the others and things. It's like, okay, if we put athletes in this event, we can be strong at it and those kinds of things. And what are, what are our strong outdoor events, would you say? Uh, once again... Like our like our indoor, um, our distances, our throws, and our sprints and hurdles are are very strong. Um, we ha- we were getting some good things going on our jumps, so we hope to continue that, and uh, and those will get even better down the road as we as we look at uh, red shirt people and and those kinds of things. What are some preseason goals that you guys have set as a team, and then what are some that you've set with individual athletes? So. Funny you should ask that because indoor season gets rolling next week. So actually, our next week's Team Devo meeting is when we'll actually sit down, talk goals with the athletes. And we have goal sheets that they fill out. And um, they have accountability buddies that they sign for and and things like that. So that'll be one of those things. I know on the distance side of things, we, we talk about it every day in practice and goals and what we want to accomplish and what event groups that you're in and those kinds of things. So I'm I'm assuming that the other event group coaches are doing the same thing. I know that for Alyssa and her throws group, the new challenge is, is like going from two throwing events to four throwing events because she's got some athletes that do all four of them, some that do three of them, some that do two of them. It'll be interesting to see how that all comes together with those athletes. And sprint side of things, the transition from the shorter sprints, the 60s, to like the 100s and the 200s, those, and then the hurdles from the 60s to the 100s and the 110s, um, and even the 400-meter hurdles. Because we have some athletes that are mainly like 400-meter hurdlers, but they don't have that indoors. So it's getting the strength for those to be very competitive for outdoors. So that's 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 what the challenge is, is to make those transitions in those areas. So who are some athletes that we should be watching out for this season? I know you said Emily was out, and she was obviously a big one during indoor, but who else? So, um, oh golly, I'm going to just try to walk through the event groups, and if I, if I missed you, I apologize for that. <laughs> um, you know, on the throw side of things, um, Tyler Hyatt, of course, um, a big part of things for us qualifying for nationals last year in the uh, shot and the discus. Um, and he's played with the hammer throw last year and he's going to be even better with it this year. Um, has school record in both of those. Cam, uh, <laughs> that's a very impressive. Yeah. You said that so casually. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, and that's, that's Tyler's personality. I mean, that's kind of how he is um, with things. Camry Lindsay, um, she qualified in the in the discus last year. Um, she's picking up the hammer, doing that, and and she's just a sophomore, so that's impressive. I think those two certainly stand out. What else? We've got some jumpers. I know like Natalie Meyer, huge PR, last indoor conference meet of her career, 
and she has a monster jump in the in the long jump. So that'll be interesting to see what she does outdoors. And she's also a sprinter, the 100-200, and a big part of our 4 by one relay. So there's some pieces in there. Coach Chilson is in a unique position this year where we've had kind of a mainstay hurdler. We've always had like a good hurdler. Uh, ben Mandel is doing a fantastic job. He's I got the outdoor school record in the 110 highs. Um, I think number two all time or number three all time indoors. And we've got three other freshman men. So now we're looking at four hurdlers that we can maybe at like the Drake relays do the the shuttle hurdle relay, which only gets contested, I think, in Iowa. But it's kind of fun to do that. And one of those uh, freshmen is also a, a pretty good 400-meter hurdler. So that'll be fun to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Abby Webb on the on the jumps. She just had a, a, a big season, too, indoors. Um, she goes to the indoor meets, and she'll do three events, high jump, long jump, and triple jump. You know, it's wow. like Coach... Coach Camber's like, God, you're keeping her busy. Let's not <laughs> let's not destroy those legs. But she handled things very well. So transitioning her to outdoors, we'll we'll see what can happen. Um, uh, and the pole vault side of things, uh, Kenna Comstock had a had a fantastic indoor season. I, I don't I don't remember if she placed or just missed placing in the pole vault. Um, she's another one that's going to redshirt this this uh, outdoor season so that she can get that extra year because she's got an indoor season. And then on the men's side, Sam Olson um, did some good things, just missed placing on the men's side. So you've got all those events. Then we throw in the distances. I mean, we've got some some people, you know, when you start looking distances, basically it's the 800 on up. Um, Cassidy O'Meara um, hits a provisional qualifying mark in the 800. So she'll be strong in that. And she can also run a 1500, which is a, a wonderful combination with that um and then on you know cot obviously she can run the 1500 she can run the 5k um then go with that morgan gale um same thing um both equally talented um and so that'll be fun to watch that and then you add into that mix jessica lutmer um who was made the all-region team in the 3k um I, how do you do this, Jessica? She runs the 5K and the 3K at the conference meet, and she PRs by 26 seconds that I, in the, that in is the 3K. Insane. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, one of the things that we do with our distance runners is to try to, okay, it's a 200-meter flat track, so you're running for a 3K. You're running 15 laps. Or you're running, if you're doing a 5K, it's 25 laps. It's oh, like, my goodness. That sounds awful. How do you handle that? And so what we do is we break it down. It's like, okay, we think you can run this kind of time. And it's like you need to run this lap split. And so we, so we did that with Jessica. And she, she ran a wonderful PR in the 5K. And then the next day she comes back with a 3K. And it's like, you know, like, hey, we think you can run this. Like, okay, so... We told her splits like uh, I th- like forty one five or something like that. I forget what the number was, and uh, so every time she ran past the start finish line, I would holler her split to her, and that's all she worried about. After three laps, she was still like two seconds faster than a split time. So I turned to uh, Zach um, Zach Lundberg, who helps me out on the distance side of things. We're taking splits, and I told him, "I says I'm not going to holler splits anymore because." she isn't even ever going to run a lap 
that slow. <laughs> she just latched on to Cot and Morgan and just went with the flow and she got done and you know, I felt really good. It's like, yeah, you looked really good too. Yeah, I noticed um, in the conference standings, a lot of the USF athletes were right right next to each other. And yep. I didn't notice that with a ton of the other teams. Yep. What are are they trying to stick together during the meets? We or? are. That really that really helps with the distances. Because like we said, we throw the paces at them. And it's like, okay, you know, it's not like we don't put anything like superhuman, but based on our workouts and, and things, like we think that you can run these splits and so they'll you know they're running 15 laps we'll just chase that split they'll come by and yep you're right on we say the split and they know what their magic number is and if they get a little bit slow it's like okay just do pick it up just a hair and then they get back on pace and and we'll use that as how we you know help them out as best we can so it's not just to like start the gun goes off like ah, good luck we'll see you in 25 laps or 13 15 laps whatever it is so we'll do that with our distance runners um with things so you know those three distance girls that'll you know be really impactful we also add uh, a carly simmons who school record holder in the steeplechase um she's back and um, she's putting some things together and we hope that she'll be back to that school record form and and placing at the conference meet in the steeplechase on the guy side, um, Zach Matzner, um, he's placed indoors in the 800. He just missed this year um, in the 800, but he's an 800 guy. Um, you add into that Jacob Hanna in the 1500, hit a provisional qualifying mark in the mile. Then you look at like Dave Ecker, steeplechase, 5K guy. He's got the school record. And the, he was the NSIC outstanding yep, senior, senior of the athlete. year. Yep, uh, You know, he's he's back a fifth year. We're glad that he decided to use his COVID year. Um, he's he's reaching some of his goals that he wanted and things. And his ultimate goal, I mean, he had, he had provisional mark in the steeple last year, um, just missed a provisional qualifying mark in the 5K. So it's like, okay, can we, you know, can we do that? And his ultimate goal is to go under nine minutes in the 3K steeple and, and make nationals. And then you add in another 50-year senior, Aaron Voigt. Caleb Rivera, sophomore kid that uh, placed in two events at the conference meet, which was, you know, huge for a, a, a man a, on the men's side that young to place that well in two events. And McCade Shumway um, in the distances, 5K and 10K. So we're, we're pretty well-rounded with things. It's just a matter of can we get all of the athletes and all of the events to where they need to be at, for the conference meet. Yeah, it sounds like you're really set up to have a successful season. I think so, yeah. If there's any recruits listening, why should they come and run for you here at USF? What makes your program so special? <laughs> you know, our biggest selling point um, is those relationships, um, not just between coach and athlete, and athlete and athlete, but those relationships that they're going to have at the University of Sioux Falls. We, we tell athletes um, on our team, it's like, if you come to USF to just run, jump, and throw, you are completely missing the boat on things. Um, I jokingly tell them, I said, you know, chances are you're not going to make your fortune in track and field or cross country or, or, <laughs> or running. You have to have something to fall back on. So academics is a huge thing. I mean, USF has some great educational programs and uh, we really stress the academics. And if we can get some success athletically from those athletes, like 
that's a if that's a win for us. And we encourage, you know, get involved with other things. We encourage get connected in a church community and not just attend church on Sunday, but get involved in a life group or a, a campus group or fellowship of Christian those types of things. Um, so that when you get done at USF, you've accomplished as much as you can. So that's a that's a huge selling point for us. And then I think another big thing that, that we tell the athletes is like, you know, the way we sell our program is telling them exactly how it is at USF so that when they come in, they know what to expect and that's what it's going to be. I, I think mean, that's really you important. Know, it's, we, 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 we be as transparent as we can. We get a lot of athletes, I don't say a lot, we get some athletes that, that transfer into USF and they tell us like, God, when they got recruited, they told us one thing and when we got there, it's like, what happened? You know, and so we don't want we don't want that kind of a culture with things. I mean, we just we t- we tell the parents like, okay, we're going to be the coaching staff is going to be their parents away from home to kind of help take care of the athletes and stuff. So we we stress team community, team family um, with that type of thing. Here That's what USF. I was just about to say. It really sounds like a family. It, it really is. That's awesome, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us. Good luck this season. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to the first episode of the Cougar Sports Show recorded at the University of Sioux Falls Media Center. You can listen to our show on Spotify with new episodes coming out every Thursday. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>